Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Quest for Life podcast. I'm Dr. Ed Slover, and I'm fiercely passionate about trying to make every next interaction with someone, every next room that I walk into better than I found it. In today's episode, I'll be speaking with Carrie Schmidt. Carrie is the founder and CEO of Infinite Solutions and puts the soul in solutions by transforming lives personally and professionally. She's a certified life mastery consultant and executive leadership coach who empowers her clients to gain clarity of purpose, overcome limiting beliefs, and develop a strategic roadmap to achieve their highest goals. Carrie is also the author of the soon-to-be-released book, Behind the Screen, Uncover the Truth, Connect to Your Power, Passion, and Purpose, that outlines the seven-step life timeline system of transformation. Carrie, welcome to the Quest for Life podcast. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, Ed. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk with you today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, your, your story, your journey, where you've come from to where you are today is really, really inspiring. Uh, can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a long story. It's been a long journey. Uh, it took me three years to write my book and get it edited. And here we are at the very tail end where it's going to be released on June 1st. Um, I've been a single mom for 15 years now. My son is 15 years old. Um, I started my career as a customer service representative right out of college and kind of grew in the ranks, raised the corporate ladder, um, kind of just put myself out there. I was like a sponge for information. How can I make things better, do it easier, add value to whatever department I was in at the time? So I kind of um, went from customer service to supply chain manager, quality assurance manager, plant manager, continuous improvement manager until I was the general manager of a $100 million manufacturing facility to find out that money in a title doesn't really bring happiness per se. That's everybody's goal. You know, all the young kids, they want to become a millionaire, own my own business or whatever it is. Um, but you know, it seems like we're always searching for more and searching for more. And then once you get that level that you've been looking for. It's kind of like, all right, now what? <laughs> and so that's where I was at um, about three years ago, four years ago now, uh, when I started my own business and kind of went on my spiritual journey. So it's been a long journey. I have a lot of stories to share. And so that's why I wrote the book behind the screen. Wonderful. I'm really looking forward to reading it. You know, we live in challenging times and it's easy to get caught up in the illusion of perfection or separation, instant gratification. Uh, one of the things that you say, and I'm quoting you, our world gives value and attention to the egoistic mindset and to a passion for riches and material things. Our search for more keeps the ego thriving, but ultimately leaves us feeling unfulfilled. Why do you think we're so lost nowadays and how do you think we can go uh, about fixing it? I think we're lost in the day-to-day -day grind of just, you know, we got to go to work and it's almost like we have to rush through life. You know, I got to get up, get ready, drop my kids off at daycare at school. I got to go to work and then I'm busy at work, meeting after meeting after meeting. It's kind of like you're running the hamster wheel of life and then you get home then you rush to make dinner, rush to clean the house, rush to spend time with your kids and then rush them off to bed so that, oh my God, I can have a glass of wine and finally relax from the day. But did you really ever live 
right? And so that's the question. And that's kind of where I went on my spiritual journey and said, hold on a second, this really can't be what it's all about. And I feel like, you know, we've been conditioned through generations of, you know, you have to have that eight to five job, you know, you have to raise a family, you have to have a nice car, whatever, a nice house, whatever it is that society says we need, right? But that need isn't always fulfilling us. And I think that's where a lot of people start looking for what else is there? You know, I have a longing for something greater or I'm not content in my current circumstances. So what can I do differently? And I, and I think that's the difference between the egoic lens and our spiritual self. Right. And so I talk about that in, in the book, I talk about the science of spirituality and how we can actually apply certain universal laws to our life to fundamentally, you know, fulfill the void that we might have. Yeah. You, you often mention that people wait for their wake up call. I mean, we go through our lives, especially as we get older and we have obligations and uh, especially with kids and um, it's the hustle and bustle of routine day in and day out. And what you say is that we often wait for a wake up call that will ultimately bring about the change that we hope for in our lives. So for you, what was your wake up call and what did it teach you? Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of expand on that. I say the three D's death, disease, or divorce. (laughs) Unfortunately (laughs) that, and, and it's not like people are sitting back waiting for those things to happen, but unfortunately we get so caught up in life that it takes a catalyst to make a change in our lives. It takes something tragic, unfortunately, to force us to see life from a different perspective. So for me, unfortunately, um, I, I, I talk about, I had two wake up calls in my life. One was fortunate. One was unfortunate. The first was the birth of my son. Um, so when my, when I found I was pregnant and my son was born, it was like a light bulb went on in my soul, spirit, everything. And it was like, wow, there's so much more to life. Now I have to care for this person. I have to take care of this person. And it taught me what love really was, what love really is and the power of unconditional love. Unfortunately, the second wake up call in my life was the death of my father. So my father passed away, um, unexpectedly at 60 years old. Um, he got sick with pneumonia and over the course of a couple days, just his organs shut down. And my sister and I were forced to decide, um, to take him off of life support. So that was tragic in a way that it just, It was like, you know, one day you just realize that it can be taken away. And I think for me that changed and it shifted my entire perspective of life and how I started to go about my everyday life. Um, I say, you know, we walk around as if it's promised to us right? You know, but tomorrow isn't promised to any one of us. Anything can happen. And, and unfortunately that catalyst will shift you to look at life through a different lens. And that's what it did for me. Yeah. It's really interesting psychologically that we are 
highly attuned to negative experiences. And it really is difficult to practice gratitude on a daily basis. And to your point, we're, we're obviously not promised tomorrow. Um, and I certainly think we can all do a better job of really trying to live in the moment, especially whenever you have kids, you referenced the birth of your son. Um, I know with my daughter, yeah, I, I recognize really early on that our language is too primitive to adequately describe the love you feel, which is why we defer to cliche. Yeah. So, you know, in your book, Behind the Screen, you share some really personal details about uh, your life, um, including relationship struggles, family abandonment, drug and alcohol abuse. I mean, it must be difficult to share personal details like that, especially for public consumption. Uh, why do why do you think it's important that we talk through those types of struggles? Yeah, it is really hard, Ed. <laughs> I think the reason why it took me three years to write the book and get it ready is because I had to make the decision if I was ready to share those stories. Um, but I think it is important because too often we hide behind the screen right? This veil of whatever reality we think other people view our lives through, or even how we perceive ourselves, how we perceive others. And I think that the truth is we all really yearn for one thing, and that's to be loved. We yearn for love. Um, unfortunately, we seek that love in the wrong ways sometimes, um, or we have just a void where you know some people have felt so unloved for so long that they're trying to fill that void with um, unfulfilling avenues. You know, you could be emotional eater. I talk about unconscious behavior patterns and self sabotaging behaviors. You know, you could be an emotional eater. You could have addictions to drugs, alcohol, gambling, shopping, you know, there's a lot of um, ways to look at how people fill the void. But I think it's important to talk about our personal struggles. And for me to share my stories with the world, because there's a reason why I went through this stuff. I don't know what that reason is. But I feel it on my heart that I'm bold enough to open up and share those stories. If I was bold enough to walk in the experience, then I should be bold enough to be able to share that experience with other people. But the, the goal or the intention is I want to help other people see that they might not be different. You know, in me sharing my stories, I can maybe help other teenage girls you know, give them the advice that I wish someone would have given me. You know, I got my heart broken. I got it run over a million times. I um, attempted suicide when I was, you know, I thought about these things when I was 16 years old. Now I know I'm not the only person. There's 7 billion people on the planet. So if there's a one, if I can just have one impact, an impact on one teenage girl who is struggling, who's thinking about suicide, if she can hear my story and relate to, you know, what I went through, but how I was able to overcome it, then that's 100% worthwhile. And that's why I wrote the book. And that's why I'm willing to talk about a lot of my struggles so that I can help other people understand they're not alone. Um, you know, I was in an interracial relationship for nine years and my family abandoned me. They didn't agree with it. You know, racism is real and um, it has a big impact on people. 
Um, and then, you know, in that relationship, I was cheated on multiple times and had my heart broken a million times. And it's like, why am I doing this? I lost my family for you and you're doing this for me. And so you find a way to cope with these emotional experiences. And my way of coping wasn't in a negative way. It was partying, it was drugs, it was alcohol. And it was just kind of like, screw it. I give up. I, I don't care anymore. And so I forced myself to stop caring. I forced myself to stop feeling. Um, and in doing so, I only hurt myself more. Yeah. It's, it's uncommon, at least in my experience, it's uncommon for people to communicate vulnerability the way that you just did and how you've written about that in your book. What's sort of counterintuitive is that that vulnerability brings with it a lot of power, a lot of personal power. And, and you referenced a little bit earlier that but, but people, um, rather than embracing something like that, they escape into the void, like you mentioned, food or alcohol, drugs, gambling, shopping. Um, what do you think or how do you think society has been able to fool people or fool us into believing that the solution to our problems is actually outside of ourselves? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it is the conditioning. Again, um, I talk about the macro level and micro level conditioning from a social perspective, right? You have government, you have your institutions, and then you have your parents, your caretakers and everybody else. And maybe you know, um, because people don't open up and they don't express their vulnerability and we don't talk about problems like we should, um, I think that it's easier for people to find that solution in outside avenues. Um, you know, in school, I think they should teach kids about meditation and about the power of your mind. Um, and they should have classes on emotional intelligence and how to deal with your emotions. Just that introduction into a school system, I think would shift a lot of things because we are all adults masquerading around really we're masquerading around as adults, but we're all a bunch of kids right here yeah. <laughs> with emotional trauma that we haven't processed. And so therefore it shows up in those unconscious behavior patterns. So how do we kind of shift that, um, way of being and make a change. And I think it's really just opening up and talking about it and raising more awareness to the mental health pandemic that we're in um, and open up and talk about these things so that we can provide the solution. But the solution isn't outside of us. It's not, it's, it's right in here. It's, we have to deal with our thoughts and learn how to navigate this mind that is a supercomputer in our head. So I think this is a, a, a nice segue into the seven-step life timeline system of transformation that you write about in your book. So how does someone go from, there's nothing I can do, my problems are too big you know, for, for me to have any sort of positive impact on, how do we move from that to... Um, I can, I, I can change my lifestyle. I can change my habit to influence the betterment of this world. Yeah. So can you explain your seven-step lifetime line system of transformation? How, how does that work? And is it applicable to everyone? 
Yes, I do believe it is applicable to everybody because there you have to understand the power of your mind. So you have your conscious mind and your subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind operates your life 95% of the time. It is the one that is kind of like your autopilot. So when you're tying your shoes, you don't have to consciously think about how to tie your shoes. You don't have to consciously think about how to drive your car. Your subconscious mind is carrying out those tasks because it's done it so many times that it's just second nature, right? But it also keeps your heart beating and your blood pumping and all of those things. Now your conscious mind is what you're paying attention to. And unfortunately we only use our conscious mind about 5% of the time. Um, so therefore, if you understand that fact, then you realize that your subconscious mind is the most powerful thing, right? Um, and so when we get into adulthood and we start to realize, okay, I attract the same type of guy all the time and I continue to get my heart broken. Maybe there's something that I'm contributing to the problem. It might not just be all these guys suck, right? <laughs> so that's one example, you know, and there you can, you can, you can apply this to so many different things. For instance, um, some people struggle with anger issues, right? And so why? I'm a root cause problem solver. So my background is in leadership and continuous improvement. So I'm always thinking about how to improve a system, right? But you can't improve it until you identify what is the root cause of the problem. And so that's where my seven step system comes into play. Step one, I'm not going to give you all steps because you got to get the book to read it because it explains <laughs> them further. Yes. However, step one is to tag it. So I can tag or become aware of my self-sabotaging habits or unconscious behavior patterns now in the present moment. So when it happens, I'll give you another, for instance, I will sometimes lose my temper and yell at my son. That is not the most effective approach to get him to do what I'm asking him to do. But, you know, some people have control issues and me being one, like I like to have control of the situation and I can't, and he's not listening. And now he's bigger than me. He's taller than me. And I don't really know what to do other than raise my voice. <laughs> a typical teenager. <laughs> right. And yeah. it's, I'm sure a typical parent because that's, it's, it's hard to be a parent and yes. it's hard to get them to see your perspective. Um, so therefore you can identify certain unconscious behavior patterns that may be negatively impacting your relationships, whether it's with your children or your parents, or your siblings, or your partner, your lover, or your coworkers at work, okay? So that's step one is to tag it. Now, step two is to go back and remember, this is accessing your subconscious mind. Go back and remember, when was the first time that I had this way of thinking, or this way of feeling, or this, when was the first time I um, maybe, observed this type of behavior pattern. Now, I also explain in the book, the power of the mind, right? So your subconscious mind, um, when you're between the ages of two to seven years old, you're in a delta brainwave frequency, which is a slower brainwave frequency. It's almost as if, um, if you're an adult and you know how to meditate, you can get yourself into that state of consciousness. But as a kid, you don't have control. That's just where you're at. And that is what I call the download. Okay. So that's when your brain is literally downloading everything that you're seeing, 
hearing, experiencing. It's downloading it into your subconscious. Your subconscious's goal is to store and retrieve information. That's it. So whatever you pick up as a young person, and this can go up to 18 years old, right? Um, is downloaded into your mind. So you have to go back and remember, where did I pick this up? Right. And then throughout the steps of the process, I teach you how to basically overcome that subconscious program so that it doesn't have to continue to show up in your life today. Um, I teach you how to overcome it and then reprogram your mind so that you can literally shift the trajectory of your life and stop repeating the same issues or stop even attracting the same experiences because of your behavior, if that makes sense. It does. It's all really, really enlightening uh, information. So I, I, I think this by, is an obvious extension that teenagers and young adults and even parents can benefit by uh, reading uh, behind the screen and also uh, really working through yeah. the seven steps. How might doing that lead to a perspective shift of, of someone's mindset or even someone's belief system? Yep. So um, there's a 2190 rule, 21 over 90. It takes 21 days to break a habit and 90 days to reprogram a new state of being or way of being. So within this approach, <clears throat> when you apply it to your way of thinking, you are basically reprogramming your mind, but you have, it's a continuous cycle. So you have to continue to do the work so that your conscious mind can then download a new program and basically overwrite the old program. It's kind of like mm. computer programming, but it's in our brain. Um, so you have to apply the steps and continue to do the work so that you can literally reprogram yourself. And it's 100% doable. I've been doing it. I've been applying it. My clients have been doing it. They've been applying it. Like the system works and it's nothing new. There's ancient teachers, spiritual teachers, you know, other um, life coaches, transformational leaders, healers that have been doing this work for a long time. But I don't think it's taught and I don't think it's been introduced to the masses to understand that you can change the trajectory of your life. And when you change your way of thinking, you literally change your outside environment because your perspective creates your reality. I mean, it, it's true. If you wake up and you're in a bad mood and you're not feeling good, or you've had some issues, your day is going to be influenced by that way of thinking. I'll take it one step further just to explain the law of cause and effect says that your thoughts create your feelings. Okay. So the supercomputer here has electrical signals and impulses that sends neurotransmitters, releases chemicals and hormones into your body through your central nervous system, which makes you experience feelings or emotions, right? So your thoughts create your feelings, your feelings create your actions and or reactions. What's the difference? Well, a reaction is just my subconscious, boom, that's my trigger, I fly off, ah! <laughs> or my conscious is, okay, I have a choice here. I can breathe, I can take a second, 
I don't have to respond right away. I can actually be conscious to control my actions so that I don't overreact in this situation. Right. And so when you train your mind to become more conscious that you have the power in every present moment, because time is an illusion, it's a series of present moments. Right. And so every present moment is our opportunity to raise our level of consciousness and gain control of our thoughts and feelings so that we then can have a better impact on or better control over our actions, which create your results. So your thoughts create your feelings, feelings create your actions, your actions create your results. If you want to change your results, what do you have to do? Go back here to your way of thinking. Yes. It, it, what you just described, that life is a series of present moments, reminds me of um, old videotape, which is just a series of still images that are um, are connected with one another. Um, one final question. You say, well, let me stop and just say behind the screen. That's, that's a really interesting um, title of your book. And you say we need to get behind the screen and clean it. How does, how does one first get behind the screen? And then secondly, how do we actually go about cleaning it? Yeah. So that's the seven step lifetime system of transformation. So in order to get behind the screen, you have to realize there is a screen. You have to realize that your perspective shapes your reality. Your perspective will, um, affect your reactions or actions, just like I said. So once you realize that there is this screen, I like to call it the veil of reality between your conscious and subconscious mind. Mm. Okay. So however you want, whatever you view as the screen, your lens of life, how I see things is shaped by my subconscious program. So when you start to realize that you have this subconscious program, um, then that's realizing the screen. Does that make sense? Are you following? It does. I am. Okay, cool. So once you realize that there is this screen or this veil, then you can identify if there are faulty programs in your subconscious mind, the program, if there's some faulty programs that are limiting you, limiting your results, limiting your relationships or negatively affecting them, then you need to go back and apply the seven step system to remember, feel, flip it, release it, all of those things I talk about in the book. Um, you'll, you apply that system to clean it. Okay. And so it takes you through processing the thoughts, um, and processing the emotions. Emotions are energy in motion because everything's energy. And I explained that quantum physics and how just everything's vibrating at a certain frequency. So when you understand that, then you can also apply it. Um, so once you kind of go back into your subconscious program, release some of those suppressed emotions, which is just energy that's been stuck in your energy body. And it's been with you because you're not even aware that you're carrying it around. Um, that's how you kind of clean it. And once you clean it, then you can see clearly and see that, hey, I do have the power to change. I do have the power to improve my life. And when I improve my life and myself, I then um, positively help other people see 
and maybe improve their lives as well. And so it's like a ripple throughout the universe of just expansion and good stuff. <laughs> it's really good stuff. And all, all of the knowledge and wisdom you've shared today, Carrie, it was extraordinarily insightful. Thank you so much for taking time to be on the Quest for Life podcast. Uh, please share with uh, our listeners um, how they can learn more about you and your work. Yeah. So um, you can go to my website. It's carrie-schmidt.com. Um, and, you know, there's a way to contact me. Um, I do offer life coaching programs. So I have a dream builder program, which is 12 weeks that takes people um, through this journey of how to connect to their true self and how to kind of co-create their dreams into reality. Um, but then after the book is released, I will have a supplemental 12 week coaching program to master your mindset and heal your soul which takes you, it does a deeper dive into the seven step system of transformation that you'll learn in the book. But then the coaching program helps you actually apply the teaching to your life and gives you the support and accountability to continue. Because some of the work that I talk about can be uncovering trauma and it can be kind of releasing some things that you haven't processed but need to be processed um, so it takes it a step further so you can go to my website to learn more you can connect with me on social media on facebook i'm at coach carrie schmidt and on instagram i'm at care bear schmidt because that's my nickname care bear um, and yeah so I'm looking forward to launching this book on June 1st. And my goal is to speak to as many high schools and colleges as I can possibly get to, because I feel that our young people really need to hear this message and they really need to um, apply these universal laws. It, it, first of all, be introduced to the universal laws, but then learn how to apply them so that we can stop this generational faulty program passed down to everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> because if, if you're faulty, then you rub off on your kids as a parent. And so then we just continue to create more um, instead of rising our level of consciousness and just making this world a better place, which is what I want to do. No doubt about it. So fellow questers, be sure to check out Carrie's book behind the screen, uncover the truth, connect to your power passion and purpose available June 1st on Amazon. Carrie, thank you once again for joining the Quest for Life podcast. Thank you, Ed, so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. You can contact the show at thequestforlife.com. That's the quest, the number four, life.com. Consider leaving a five-star rating and even writing a review. Certainly appreciate it. And as always, thank you for joining the conversation.